Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Welcome back to Everybody in the Pool, the podcast that dives deep into the climate crisis and comes up with solutions. I'm your host, Molly Wood. Oh, it's college graduation season. So heartwarming. Great job, everybody. You did it. You're headed off into the world to make it a better place. A new crop of fresh-faced ambassadors of the future will be headed off in the fall to follow in your footsteps of being climate crimey crime bags of unbelievable proportions. I'm sorry, I know you're just kids, but my God, everything you eat is takeout. Your furniture is totally temporary. You get rid of everything at the end of practically every year. There are all the parties. There are the events. The red plastic solo cup pretty much exists for you for your beer and your beer pong. You're the worst. One study by an outfit called Dump and Run Inc. suggests that an average college student produces about 640 pounds of solid waste per year, including 500 disposable cups, yeah, and 320 pounds of paper. Crime bags. All right, all right, don't take it so personally. College campuses are a hotbed of waste, but on the plus side, Colleges are aware of the problem, perhaps more so than some cities, and many schools and even entire university systems have been dealing with it for many years now, or at least trying. The California State University system started phasing out single-use plastics back in 2019. The National Wildlife Federation holds an annual contest to see which campuses can reduce the most waste. Previous winners include Lehigh University in Pennsylvania, Dallas College in Texas, and Xavier University in Louisiana. Now, aside from all the beer pong cups and the trash at the end of the year, here's where one of the biggest sources of waste and trash comes from on a college campus. We've got a lot of great places to eat at Ohio State. You've got your dining plan, and soon you'll be hungry. First, you should know that we have three traditions locations that are all you care to eat with lots of options. There are sit-down restaurants, fast casual, and cafes. There are even food trucks, no matter where you are on campus. Yeah, and there are plastic forks, single-use containers, coffee sleeves, plastic lids galore. But actually, not at The Ohio State University. That school is partnered with the company co-founded by my guest today to make reusable food containers a standard part of the educational experience. I am Paige Schultz. I am one of the co-founders and CEO of Topanga.io. We are a technology company that enables businesses and consumers to eliminate single-use packaging at scale. Who we work with today is we work with a lot of universities and higher ed campuses. So if you can imagine, the rising generation of consumers cares a lot about sustainability and the environmental issues that surround us on a day-to-day basis. So they are increasingly looking to their campuses and their universities to set high commitments for sustainability. A lot of these come down to dining on campus because that's where waste is so tangible, both food waste as well as single-use packaging waste. 
It's really the single-use packaging waste element that we work with today. So a lot of schools traditionally have bought single-use compostable containers. You get to go at your cafeteria or your Starbucks on campus. You grab a single-use container and you use it once, then throw it away. Mm -hmm. There's two issues with this. One is from a business perspective, packaging is really expensive. If you're giving it out to students to be thrown away, you're basically sending a sunk cost out your door. The second problem is packaging has a big environmental footprint, both upstream in terms of its manufacturing, as well as downstream in terms of where does it end up in the landfill, in recycling, in the waterways. So we really help all these universities switch to reusable packaging that truly stays in circulation. And we back that up by our technology products. So our products at their core, they really help track and trace reusable packaging and ensure that a student who's given reusable packaging knows when and where to return it and knows what their impact has been by participating and also ensures that operators and program managers know exactly how much packaging they have in circulation, what their kind of ROI from a cost and environmental standpoint has been to date and all that good stuff. Okay, so let me walk through it. So I am a student on campus. Mm -hmm. I'm going to cast my mind back to the good old days (laughs) of campus. And I go to the food. You're not, let me break down some of the components of the um, business. You are not making packaging. Correct. We are purely the software. So we can work with any type of packaging a school might want to use. Okay. So a school has decided that they're going to get this like really cool recycled plastic, totally reusable packaging. Mm -hmm. And through Topanga... You, what, you? it's QR codes on the packaging, right? Yep, so on the packaging, we'll place QR codes and or RFID chips. Both of these are like stickers on packaging that identify that as package number one, two, three. Okay. So think of it a lot like checking out a library book. Okay, so student takes the package because they got a, like a to-go meal that day, take it back to the dorm. They have an app, do they have the Topanga app? Yeah, so every time that a student is placing an order for to-go in a reusable container, that container will be checked out to them by a member of the dining team. The dining team will use our scan app, the Topanga scan app, scan the QR code on the container, scan the student's QR code that they have saved to their Apple wallet, Android wallet, and that kind of initiates that checkout process. Then the student, the first time they've participated in our program, you'll get a welcome text saying, hey, thanks for joining Reuse Pass. Here's how to access your account. Here's what to expect. And then, yeah, from there on out, each time you get a container, you'll be able to see when and where to return it and what your impact has been through that same Reuse Pass app. And is the idea that they bring it back as soon as they're done with it or that they like keep it in the dorm and use it a few times and then maybe bring it back or both? Yeah, it could be both. So very much at its core is borrow and return models. So Mm -hmm. I loan something out to you, you temporarily have it, and then you drop it off when you no longer need it. Most of our organizations that we work with set up a return window rental period. So because we're uniquely checking this container out to you, it's a unique participant, we can really track and understand exactly if it has or has not been returned by a specific date. So say we want it back in three days. Molly, you haven't dropped it off in three days. You'll get another text from us saying, hey, please return this as soon as you can. Click here to view return locations. Got it. And then how many vendors are there out there making the actual packaging? Is that hard to find? Like, do you 
present this to the university as, pardon my pun, a package <laughs> where it's like already you and the container makers and you go and say, let's do this? Yeah, that's a good question. And it's interesting, too, because the landscape has accelerated so much for reuse from kind of every angle and the you know better part of the three years we've been working in this space. But there's kind of two types of universities. One are ones who have tried reuse programs in the past. So they've already procured packaging and they've tried to loan it out to students. They see that students don't return it, that they can't get any data. So they're really they know what they're looking for and, and what they're looking for is us mm-hmm. and those programs. We can come in, they already have packaging figured out, and we really just help them launch and scale the technology piece. There are schools on the other side of the spectrum who, again, students want this from them, but they have yet to test the waters. In those scenarios, we have about three packaging manufacturers that we work with, and we'll bring them into partnerships as makes sense, depending on the dishwasher and the type of packaging needed. So there's actually a whole range of packaging manufacturers in the space, but there's three or four that we work with really closely. Got it. And then how many schools are we talking? Like how many are interested in this? Mm -hmm. How big a movement is this? And is it mostly student driven? Like, do you find that it really is happening because students were like, why'd you give me this cup? (laughs) Yeah. You monster. You monster. (laughs) It's really, it's kind of from the bottoms up and from the top down. So very much students driven in terms of being vocal about it. Hey, we want sustainability. We want to go to a school that offers this. Mm -hmm. Student governments are increasingly kind of putting this as a doctrine in the school's operating procedures, which is awesome to see. But it's also very much top down from the sense of one, endowment and the chancellors know that sustainability, halo, whether or not that's a good thing, is important for their organization. And then also, two operators recognize the cost savings. They, again, packaging has gotten so expensive. I mean, we're talking 55 cents for a compostable container for a $3 meal. So if they can switch that into something that's truly saving them money by staying in circulation, then that's a huge driver. So I would say students is the sustainability piece. And operators is more the economic piece. What brought you into this? You were doing startups in the sustainability space before, right? Yeah. So career has been a complete zigzag, always connected by kind of this desire to better understand what makes people tick, what drives people to behave in certain ways. Um, I had been working actually at a compostables tableware company that was really challenging kind of Dixie and Solo and China and kind of these big plastics name with a better than alternative. While I was working there, I got really curious about what the definition of sustainability is, what makes something sustainable. We can market it and we can sell it as sustainable, but have we done the work to look at that kind of upstream and downstream full systems approach of if we look at this product throughout its life cycle, are we still going to say it's sustainable? Uh, I started taking some graduate courses at UCLA to better dive into that data piece and that systems thinking piece and walked away from that with the foundation of Topanga, which is reusable packaging can be economically and environmentally better than single use in a lot of applications. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, more details on the data that can be gathered through a program like this, how to get college kids to actually return reusable packaging and get your notebook, because we'll talk about some of the schools that are mandating reusable food containers on campus. (laughs) 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. There is also Traditions To Go. You get your to-go container from the cashier at a Traditions location, then fill your to-go box with your food from any station, and off you go. And you get dining dollars to use at any Student Life dining location. They are included in every dining plan to give you additional flexibility to eat what and where you want. Welcome back to Everybody in the Pool and your freshman orientation. It's a vibe. Here's part two of my conversation with Paige Schult, co-founder and CEO of Topanga. How big a deal is the data that you're collecting? I mean, I would imagine that the reason that, for example, a university would do it under endowment pressure is to be able to do some reporting around it. Yeah, it's it's huge. Um, and I think it's huge for a range of reasons. I think, one, there's so much honor system that goes in today into reusable packaging where either a consumer is saying they returned it or people are counting what went out and what went in very manually into their reusable system. Mm -hmm. But there's no true no true traceability to understand exactly how many times on average your containers have been reused, right? Hmm. And return rate is one big piece of the pie. If we can't get consumers to return these containers, then they're never going to be reused. But the second and equally, if not more important piece is the reuse rate. How are we measuring that these things are actually being used enough time to break even and outperform their counterparts from a single-use environmental and cost perspective. So that's really what makes the data so magical. But yes, ultimately, it's coming down to data accuracy. And, and do I have the measurement to back up the sustainable work that I did? On the consumer side, in this case, the student, mm -hmm. what's the incentive? Yeah, so incentive kind of ranges across our programs. Um, some of our programs are mandatory. So if you're getting to go, you get it in a single use or in a reusable container, and that's just the way it works. Others are opt in. Um, so some schools have taken an interesting approach where you can either choose a reusable for free to access, or you can choose a single use container and pay an extra $2. So they're kind of presenting consumers this choice. Mm -hmm. The incentive to return on our end is, depending on the school, sometimes we'll charge a late fee. So if your container hasn't been returned in three to five days, then you're subject to a $3 late fee. Um, one of the big things that we're excited about right now that we're really building out throughout the summer is our incentives and rewards. And how do we more clearly showcase to end users, to the students, the impact that we're making and make it more engaging at a community level? So we're not just kind of building this muscle memory while you're on campus, but we're also kind of instilling this understanding of the system and of the benefits so that when you leave campus, you continue to seek out this type of consumption. How do you how do you quantify that? How are you you know are, is it uh, pounds of trash avoided? Is it in emissions terms? Like what's the language for quantification? Yeah, so right now the life cycle assessment data that we're able to use is looking at kind of three different impact categories. One is waste diverted, one is GHG emissions avoided, and the third is water saved. Those all are looking at 
kind of single use versus reuse on a full kind of cradle to grave scenario. How many times does a container have to be reused before it's like basically a break even or a net positive economically? Um, most containers based off of the materials that are being used on our platform need to be used four to five times to hit that break even point from both a cost and an environmental perspective. All of our schools today have hit that break even point in terms of number of uses, which is amazing. And a lot are really starting to kind of continually improve and improve that. So one of our highest schools with the highest return rates is the Ohio State University. They have a 99% return rate. Um, and they're on track for each of their containers and circulation to be used 75 times throughout the course of a school year, which is amazing. Wow. It really, that's when you're saving money and that's when you're truly making a dent in the impact. What are some of the schools where it's mandatory? I need to like make a, a sub tab in my kid's college spreadsheet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, prioritize. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ohio State is one of them. That's so cool. Like I... Would never have guessed that. That's awesome. Yeah, it's really interesting. Um, University of South Carolina, Colorado State University is moving there as well. So it's really kind of a, a full gamut that we're working with that have chosen to lean into this. I love this idea of that being a beachhead based on consumer demand, right? The rising mm -hmm. consumer. And I wonder, like, how are you thinking about that? I know you're really into behavior change. I read an interview where you said that you like to what people watch at the airport. And I was like, I love yes. Paige. It's <laughs> yes. my favorite thing. Guilty pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, and and Amasia, where I'm a venture partner, which is an investor in Topanga. We should full disclosure here. Yes. That's the thesis, behavior change. Mm -hmm. But like you said, this great thing about how if they get used to this modality, mm -hmm. that then people will go out in the world and hopefully be horrified when they see yeah. single-use packaging. like Talk to me about how you see this market in particular as like a beachhead for consumer change. I mean, I think so much of the pushback from consumers broadly in the mass market world is that reuse is difficult and it's not convenient, right? Mm -hmm. that, that's the issues that we largely see. And so I think by being able to kind of prove this muscle memory, by getting a lot of the data from users firsthand of how this works, when it works best, really gives us the opportunity to challenge that convenience pushback head on and start to see, okay, great, we proved that this can work in the Panda Express or in the Starbucks that's at a university. Well, now we can go out and prove that by the same logic, same tools, same operations, this can work on an open environment as well, like you know the coffee shop down your street that also has another location down the other street. So I think really kind of today, what we see as the opportunity is, is proving this out in high frequency and high volume food and beverage environments and continuing to see that through to the open world of the mass market consumer like you and I. There's a lot of B2B opportunities as well where our technology can perform really well. I think a lot of brands are starting to realize that so much of their waste, both, again, from a cost perspective, as well as a true kind of waste to landfill perspective, is things like corrugate cardboard boxes that are moving from point A to point B and the trucks going back to point A. So all the infrastructure is there to make it reusable. They just need to have this layer of data in place to help them manage that. 
And if there was one thing that you could see that would be like a giant tailwind to your business, obviously it would be some sort of mandate, I would imagine, uh, yeah. right? <laughs> like, what would you, if you could made, wave your magic wand and have yeah. it be as mandatory as Ohio State? I mean, legislation is a huge piece. I think one thing that's really fascinating that, I'm, you know, we've spoken with a couple states kind of recycling centers. And a lot of the recycling centers at states have the infrastructure in place for reusables because they're washing and sanitizing plastics. And so there's these huge kind of washing facilities that could start to work with reuse at scale and kind of create this more accessible full circle system on the municipal level. So I would love to kind of continue to see that thinking evolve. Wait, that's happening? It's it's it being piloted in, in some various municipalities around the country, which would just be a huge unlock. The infrastructure is yeah. built. We just need to know how to tap into it. That is remarkable and has just spawned a whole series of uh, stories, of additional stories. Paige Schultz, co-founder and CEO of Topanga, which you can find at topanga.io or hopefully at your school. Yes. Paige, thanks so much. I appreciate it. Thanks for being in the pool. Yeah. Thank you, Molly. Thanks for having me. If anybody out there has some insights into these recycling centers that are just waiting to be turned into reuse facilities, email me in at everybodyinthepool.com. And before we go, I want to make it really crystal clear why waste and food waste are a climate issue, because I know a lot of things can get wrapped up in this conversation. It's not all carbon emissions and global warming, although it's some of that. When it comes to waste, especially plastic waste, first of all, there's the thing I mentioned in another episode recently, which is that plastic is made from petroleum products and even natural gas. So there is a huge fossil fuel component in fresh plastic. And something like 40% of single-use plastic demand is for food containers. That's everything from takeout to those one-time-use tomato clamshell things that you hopefully recycle, but most people don't. Almost 100% of those containers are what's called virgin plastic, straight from the fossil fuels. So the plastic itself is creating greenhouse gas emissions that are warming the planet, leading to more severe storms, droughts, floods, killer heat waves, sea level rise, and increasingly unpredictable bad things that are happening a lot more often. And on top of that, there are a lot of other chemicals in all of this packaging that are terrible for our bodies and our environment. It's pollution, which is killing animals and choking oceans. Plastic is 85% of ocean pollution. And this is a pretty new problem. The UN estimates that in just the early 2000s, we generated more plastic waste in a 10-year period than in the entire 40 years before that. But to me, that says, this is solvable. And like I said, world leaders are negotiating for a binding global treaty. People are awake to the problem. And actually, yes, you, fresh-faced rising freshmen and graduating seniors, you actually are making a difference. And you can at whatever school you decide to go to. So keep up the pressure. That's it for today. Thanks for listening to Everybody in the Pool. Please like, subscribe, and leave a rating on Apple Podcasts if that's what you're using. Email your thoughts and ideas to in at everybodyinthepool.com. And for an even deeper dive, sign up for my newsletter at mollywood.co. Together, we can get this done. See you next week. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. 
The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most. But if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.